Boys in the Huddle Podcast. It's Ricky, Trey, and Doe. We are back. Took a little time off. What's going on, fellas? Yo. Yo. What's happening, man? We back at it, man. Let's go get this thing going, man. Yeah, yeah man. Let's get straight to it like we never left. Indeed. Yeah. We we fully remote now. It's going to be a little different. but it's gonna, Fully remote. It's going to be, uh, <laughs> you know, this nigga's having a good phone conversation Adding value, detail, and information for the people. That's what it's mm. been. Talk that talk, King. It's been a lot that's going on in the past few weeks. Uh, we can't cover everything, but something that came about most recently through the Breakfast Club, I think I may have heard about it briefly elsewhere, uh, was Byron Allen. You guys mm. familiar with Byron Allen? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. We yeah, remember Byron Allen from that late night um, talk show that was like, with like, come on at like three in the morning. Remember that shit? That's how I remember it. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, and now here's the craziest thing about that. It would be on at like three in the morning, and I thought that it was just a local thing. I thought Byron Allen was, was from a Philly. Philadelphia <laughs> person. Right. Thought it was QDZ. I swear on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Byron Allen. QDZ and anybody else that you can name from Philly. I thought that he was just a Philly guy. And and I learned a lot about him watching that interview. Right. And yeah, he's from I, uh he's from Cali, right? Yeah, he a LA nigga, man. Yeah. And uh, you know, I kinda told myself I'm gonna stop doing this anyways. We often judge other black people. And we'll go through everything. And maybe at the end of this, we still judge his ass. We'll see. <laughs> so, you know, we kind of looked at him as, you know, cornball brother. Shout out to Rob Parker. <laughs> shout out to Rob Parker, baby. Legend. Yo, Rob Parker, legend. Shout out on this podcast. <laughs> Yo, that's my dog. I told you I ran into Rob no Parker. No doubt. Um, but, you know, there's some things that... We need to shed some light on, and the fact that there is a sports component to this definitely falls in line with the Boys in the Huddle podcast. But Byron Allen was recently on The Breakfast Club. He was there mostly to shed light on his recent run-in and his case with Comcast as well as Charter. Recently moving down south, I now know who Charter is because Charter ended up acquiring, excuse me, ah, excuse me, Charter ended up acquiring Time Warner to form Spectrum Cable. So that's what we use down here in the Carolinas is Spectrum. So when he mentions his battle with Comcast and Charter, Charter, Spectrum, Time Warner, that's kind of everything all together is what he's mentioning. So... Damn, where do we start with this? This is this is pretty complex. Well, we probably should start is just a little background on Byron Allen. Right. Is he's a guy that started out at fourteen as a comedian. Um from from fourteen he went and he punched up some jokes. He helped out uh the the legend Jimmy J. J. Walker. <laughs> Dynamite. Dino fucking Mike. Um he worked with um, with Jay Leno, David he, Letterman. he did some work with with David David Letterman, and and he sat with them at fourteen years old, punching up jokes. Well, let's let's clarify um, that so, David Letterman 
Jay Leno and Byron Allen were all writing for Jimmy J.J. Walker because yeah. he was that nigga at that time. But yeah. which is the wildest, which is the wildest part of that whole interview for me talking about yeah. seeing them on couches writing for JJ. That should be talked about more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they weren't the guys at that point. They Not were just at all. You guys sitting in the room. And JJ you know should have fucking they locked no. their asses in and signed a, con- a lifelong contract. No different than Puff Daddy and, and his making the band. <laughs> J- JJ, JJ can't get a Netflix deal today. That's crazy. Um, hell no. A Netflix deal? For- Is JJ alive? He's still here? No disrespect. Oh, but he's still with us? Yeah. Well, no disrespect, but I can't answer that. I think he is. Proceed. Let's talk about Byron. Yeah, I think he's around. Um, so, so that's where he started. Um, he was he was sitting in a room as as a as a teenager with two future legends, uh, punching up jokes, and from there, you know, he 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 worked very very hard on his own to try to start an empire. But to say that, I don't even believe that he knew he was starting an empire. At that point, I think he was just a guy that was trying to make it in Hollywood. Right. Right. So he started up as a stand-up comedian. So he ended up doing his own thing in his career. And from there, he had produced some television shows of his own. The one that I remember was the late night one. He would have interviews with different celebrities, things of that nature. Never knew he was building, as you mentioned, this mogul, this media conglomerate that he has today. And that's what I was talking to Dante offline about the television industry is way more interesting than I knew. And just doing research and learning more about how you can make money in that industry. You know, if you have low budget production television programming and you can capitalize on the advertising, there's there's some room out there. You know what I mean? There's, there's some room out there, I would think. So Byron Allen, again... Media conglomerate recently brought uh, bought the Weather Channel. That was something that was really huge as well for three hundred million dollars. Byron Allen purchased the Weather Channel. Also, remember when they were talking about Ice Cube and LL was going to buy these sports television networks, these Fox Sports television? Right. That was a big fuss. They didn't do it. Byron Allen did. He got twenty one Fox Sports networks as well. So he's a big deal. Let's just set the stage, as Ron mentioned, on who Byron Allen is. He's a big deal. He's got a movie company. He's got all kinds of other media outlets that he owns. Within that, he owns eight television networks. Very smart man because he keeps it simple. Pets TV. Everybody loves their pets, right? Um, court or courtjustice.tv. Cars.tv. These are probably programming where it takes one camera. There's not a multiple camera mm-hmm. situation. It's low budget. Yep. And he puts it on TV, making money off the advertising as well as the rev share from subscriptions. Very smart man. Billionaire. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was on a breakfast club recently to try to shed light to his battle with Comcast and Charter. Comcast and Charter have locked him out of joining their cable network and uh-huh. he believes it's due to his race. Did we get that far? Did you guys you guys got that far yep. in the interview? Yep, right. 
It was a great interview. It was phenomenal. It was a great, great interview. It, it definitely makes you want to think about stop going to work every day <laughs> and figure some other shit out and be more independent. Yeah. Uh, so the lawsuit yeah. was rejected a few times throughout the years. Interesting enough, his lawsuit with Charter, they actually, once he went back to court again, ruled in his favor. So Charter decided to go to the Ninth District Appellate Court. So he said, all right, well, if they're going to take me there, I'm going to take Comcast there as well. Let's just have this one big appeal party. Once they got to the Ninth District Court, they ruled in his favor for both Comcast and Charter. Not once, but twice. So now they want to take it to the Supreme Court, Comcast and Charter. They're not going to just lose this thing. Supreme Court said, well, we're just going to go ahead and rule with what the Ninth District said because we agree. We're just going to go with what they said. But the interesting part is they want to take a look at the actual ruling of 1866, which stated that blacks would now have a fair shot at government and commercial contracting. And they could not be discriminated upon based on race. This is a ruling. It was the first civil rights ruling in 1866. Right. So what do y'all think about that? Because it's weird to me that they would agree with the Ninth District Court. And there'll be some sports involved in this. We'll get into it. But it's interesting to me that they would agree with the Ninth District. But then say they want to take a look at this civil rights statute of 1866. So if you agree with the ninth district, what is there to try to uh, uh, appeal or take a further look at as far as that, that particular discrimination law? And I think that's when he talked about, there's some distinction around whether his race being 100% of the reason behind his, him, his programs not being picked up or being a factor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what's what they said is triggering, you know, a review of, of, of you know, the 1866 Civil Rights Act. So I think his position is it's a factor, but they're trying to say it's not um, 100% of the reason for why Right, but if you said you agree with right. the Ninth District Appellate Court, why do you think you need to take a look at a, some kind of percentage gauge on if something is racially based or not like that's that's the confusing part to me if you said you agree with them why do we now need to break things up in percentages well because i think at that point then that gives you quote unquote the out right because like you were saying if it's 99 percent race and there's one percent where it's something else well then the one percent is the out that they're able to take Right, but the only confusing part to me is why they said they agree with the Ninth District. Because if you said you agree with the Ninth yeah. District, there's no need to take a look at that statute. But we're now talking That's about right. a Trump-led Trump, Supreme right, right. Court. Yeah, right. And, and I think I that's think, where we're in trouble. Yeah, and I think, um, and I think the deeper part of what he was talking about to that point is is not only is it the politics, but I think over the last 
what's the last four or five years we've been hearing about different courts trying to roll back affirmative action too, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a continuation. They did it with of, fair housing. Of, They're doing it with fair housing. Of, that's right, with fair housing. And, and, and Trump actually, as a real estate guy, challenged right. fair housing multiple times. Him and his father. So this is, and they lost. Him and his father. Years ago. Right. Right. So, and then on top of this whole thing, what I thought was interesting is they each get 30 minutes in front of the Supreme Court to present their case. Um, but uh, I think Comcast is ceding some of their time to the Department of Justice. Yeah, they're giving 10 minutes to Trump's led DOJ to discuss mm-hmm. why they back Comcast in this situation. The Department right, well, of Justice. Trump's, you got you got Trump's you got Trump's DOJ talking to Trump's Supreme Court about mm. Byron Allen. Exactly. So exactly, and we're going to dig a little bit deeper into that, but let's just talk a little bit more about the current situation with Comcast. So when Comcast decided to buy NBC Universal, Universal NBC, whatever, Congress has to pass that. You have to go through the FCC, and they have to. You know, typically when you're doing those things, people take a, a, a big look at are you trying to create a monopoly or whatever the case may be. So there's some concessions that you have to make. The great Maxine Waters said, well, if you all are going to do this, you need to add at least eight minority owned networks to your platform. They had to do this. This is where to me it gets kind of interesting. Because what they ended up doing is they agreed to that. And they took, I guess, 100 different proposals to try to fill those spots. Um, I believe it's four to eight different networks that they have to fulfill. Um, And if you guys look at it and I look back at it, this was in 2011. So in 2011, 2012, we start to see certain media entertainment moguls start to talk about how they are starting a network. Interesting. Oprah has owned in 2011. Puffy starts Revolt in 2011. Magic Johnson starts Aspire in 2012. Bounce, the network Bounce starts in 2012 as well. So, They are bringing in these people that are already established wealthy black people to check a box. They don't want to create any new wealth. They'll just deal with the niggas that are already in place. And just for the record, uh, Bounce is actually owned by Martin Luther King Jr. and CBS. So just real quick to that point, all of these black owned stations you got to look and see if they really are black owned. AT&T owns Revolt. They used Puff Daddy mm-hmm. as a puppet in the face. He was complicit. Right. Discovery owns Oprah Winfrey Network own. She was complacent mm. and complicit. Mm. CBS Ooh. owns Bounce. How about that? CBS owns Ooh, Bounce. Martin Luther King. That, complacent and complicit. Like I said, they want to That's just... Me continue to make the same old wealthy entertainers 
that are in place wealthy even more instead of really giving black people an op- an opportunity because they're truly not black owned companies if they're backed Yo, by these be, corporations be, before you say another word when you change a vow it can change the entire meaning of 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 something and that's heavy complacent and complicit that that that's heavy, bro. Complicit. That's heavy. Yeah. That's mm. the term that I'm going to use. Do y'all disagree? Let me know. I can't disagree. No, I can't. That's 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 heavy. That's mean. That's something to teach the kids, man. That's mean. Because what? Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's 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 a it's a question of it's a question of although we don't know like all of the details, what we do know is the question is did they. Did they sell out and not get enough equity? And then what are they doing with that equity to put other people that look like folks on? Yes. And that's that's probably how they sleep at night. That's probably what they use to help themselves sleep at night. Yes. But I disagree with that approach because if Maxine Waters said that we need to Mm -hmm. add these black owned networks to your platform if we're going to allow this to go through we need opportunities for the brothers and the sisters our latina and latino sisters as well we need to have opportunity for them also y'all about to create this huge conglomerate where there's going to be a tons of money that's going to be generated where are we fitting into this puzzle or this pie and you just go ahead and say hey at&t go get that nigga um the bad boy Puffy nigga to go just just get him, y'all run the shit and put him in the front. Hey Discovery, go get yeah. the, the big bitch over it and just put her in the front. Oh man, she ain't been big in a long time, but I know what you mean. You get what I'm saying. At that time, she might have been. She fluctuated a lot, like Luther. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gotta relax. Hey, <laughs> you gotta relax. <laughs> hey Martin relax. Luther King Jr. Hey, hey CBS, go get that Martin Luther King motherfucker, the son. He needs a break and shit. Put him in the front. Let's be clear. He's not fluctuating. (laughs) No, he's just been big. He's just been big. (laughs) He just continues to be big. But again, they're putting token black people as maybe they get 51%. I know for a fact Oprah doesn't own her own network, own Triple Entendre. Uh, Don't don't even even ask me how. (laughs) Discovery owns majority of that actual company. Puffy doesn't own majority of all. AT&T does. So they use these people because they had to fill a requirement from the federal government. I mean, just think, how do y'all feel about that? Are we judging them too harshly or were they really complicit? And, and, and maybe that was a, a position they could have taken at that point to maybe do something together. What if they all just owned one network together rather than taking this money from these corporations? I mean, I think uh, I think the whole intent of of the of the federal government is to have minority ownership, to have a seat at the table. And if they don't have the right ownership to make any change, you know, kind of in that area, then, 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 then I think your point is valid. I mean, they're not, 
they just they're they're profiting, but the generations be after them will kind of right. be in the same place, right? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because ultimately these companies are gonna probably buy out Puffy at some point, buy out Oprah at some point. No different than what um right. and you're left what in happened the same with Viacom. B E T and Viacom. Right. Right. And you're not truly giving anybody any true ownership of anything. And I think that's the main difference between Byron Allen and what these cable conglomerates are trying to promote. Oh, we got Oprah. We've got Puffy. And Magic Johnson has a network. Mm. They don't own them shits. Mm. The difference with Byron Allen, he doesn't need AT&T. He doesn't need Discovery. And you don't want that nigga to have a seat at the table because he's going to truly be in charge. Now here's here's now here's me playing devil's advocate to that though, right? Absolutely. So while Byron Allen is in charge of 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 you know Pets.tv and Cars.tv and 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 the Weather Channel, these are not minority um, concentrated programs or stations. Great so point. Is that a hindrance? Great point. Is that a hindrance? To because uh, so so there's a lot of times where where we do shit on Charlemagne, we shit on Charlemagne for 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 what he does and his actions or whatever. But I don't shit on Charlemagne. Well, well, no, I just yeah. we as the people, mm-hmm. yeah, we as people in general, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But he did, and him bringing that up, that was a great point because those things are very generic. They're very generic, and they don't bring, they don't put an emphasis. On, on the minority uh, uh, point of view in those instances, right? So is it a one? Is it is it a thing where Byron Allen says, "Hey, I want to put minority people in positions to succeed," which he he spoke to that very well. However, out of the seven or eight stations that he holds, um, you know, while he may it's have, not I necessarily think, black two, content. That's what I'm saying. So, so is there a reason behind that? It, 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 and is that a hindrance to trying to quote unquote get ahead? This is why I think he made a point to mention the most of the black content that is being televised is not on black owned networks, right? So the people right. who are ultimately making those decisions are white men to say, here's how I believe the black image should be projected, right? right? So they're able to do that for us, right? So the fact that he is not making quote-unquote black content, I think mm-hmm. is the real problem. The fact mm-hmm. that he's made generic uh, yes. programming that everybody can enjoy. Everybody loves their pets. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves to cook. He has the recipe.tv. Yep. Everybody loves yep. to watch the judge show. And everybody loves their cars. All these things, he's, he's that smart to make sure... He's going to put on programming that everybody can enjoy, and it's probably low cost in producing that type of content. Of course. So it has nothing to do with that. It should have nothing to do with that. These are Emmy-winning television stations. They've won Emmys. And I did some more research to show that since he's gone through this battle, they brought on four African-American television networks compared to 80 white-owned television networks. That is a a crazy disparity between the two numbers. 
But the fact that he's not controlling the niggas with his content, because they don't know too much about that culture. So, all right, let let him manage the niggas and he can sell the McDonald's advertising and, you know, the the Popeye's advertising. Right. Right. Because he's not doing that, that's their problem. Did he did he produce Meet the Blacks? He did. <laughs> there's no, there's no, and then to me that's a kudos to him, because it's not like he's totally abandoning the black community, even though that's a terrible movie. But some people like that type of shit, like uh, Soul Plane. Soul Plane. Some people like that shit. So you can't say he hasn't yeah, had nah. targeted programming. My only my only point in raising that is just. The black content that we know of him does also cater to a certain stereotype, too. You know what I mean? If we're trying to find stuff, we can. If that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, nah, I wasn't I wasn't trying to defame him or anything. I was just pointing out he does have content out there with, with little Duval and them. And yeah, there is an audience for that, but I hope he does more i hope he expands further beyond that type of content for black content that's all well he said he was trying to buy the um the rights to that book for the two americas uh which is what a lot of people believe led to martin luther king being assassinated because he no longer was trying to have a dream he was trying to be realistic and he bought rights to that he was trying to actually buy the nat turner film birth of america a birth of a nation as well um so I, I definitely believe he wants to put out their strong black content as well. Meet the Blacks, you know, <laughs> it might not have been whoever's best work, but I'm sure they had an audience for that as well. So I, I, I like the fact that he has a broad stroke and he's, he, he's, he's being diverse, Paul's on the broad stroke. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you paused that. <laughs> I was waiting to jump in, but you did it already. Paused, you know what I'm saying? So you know, again, so this is where it becomes sports. So what's one thing that I may have to play devil's advocate, or may have to take a step back from Byron, is the fact that he says the thing that led him to this position was the fact that there's a black college sports network. And this is something that yeah. we spoke about um, when it was me, Buzz, and Jason. Or why hasn't BET, or, which we know BET right. isn't, doesn't, isn't black-owned, it's on my Viacom. It's they don't give a fuck. Yeah. Why isn't there a television network where there's some revenue dedicated. share yeah. dedicated to the black schools? Because how many right. HBCU alumni are out there? that want to see their school play, want to see the band play, want to see artists' performance, want to see maybe a first take on that network. It would be huge. And this is what apparently Byron Allen was working on with the gentleman that has this Black College Sports Network. Looked into it, it's like an online thing right now. Comcast rejected bringing on that network. Mm -hmm. Right. Where Byron says that's what sparked him. That's where I have to yeah. call him out because for those that don't know, Byron Allen's already gone through this. He's already gone through this with AT&T and DirecTV where he took them to court, they settled, and he has seven mm. networks on their platform. 
So that's where I'm a little bit conflicted because I think he used, because he knew he was on a breakfast club and he Mm -hmm. has to have some kind of pro-black stance. Um, And maybe he has some involvement with that network, but. Even if we don't even even utilize pro-black, if if nothing else, you have to use a quote-unquote democratic stance. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But see, for me, I think it's more so the fact that Comcast, Charter, whoever knows they can control these other networks because they're backed by these large corporations. And those are who those black people have to answer to. If you create a network that he's trying to create, being the person that he is, now these black colleges have a TV network where they can now have revenue share based on subscription. Now they can have Mm -hmm. advertising dollars that they distribute amongst each other. That's helping too many mm. niggas out for them. Mm. And they wanted to probably block that from happening. Mm. So when we talk about, you know, on a previous show, why are these games being televised? These HBCUs who have a large uh, alumni fan right. base of people who would definitely, if they can't make homecoming, we could still show you the halftime show with the band. We can still show you. Now, if you get to that point, we're going to have Fabulous do the halftime show. You know, we're going to have... Because you're doing it anyway. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Well, he'd probably do the the party, but he probably wasn't doing the halftime show before. But now if we got a TV deal, it makes sense to do stuff like that. Yeah, definitely want to step up and do it right. Right. Because he's just doing the after party. Right. I see you. Yeah. So, to me... This is where I have a problem with these uh, quote unquote media moguls being complicit and making it hard for somebody, not even Byron Allen, the guy that is trying to get on with the Black College Sports Network because they can't control him because he's going to be with Byron. Mm-hmm. We just want to have the niggas that we can control. And it just, to me, just right. goes into how deep this racism shit really gets like industries. We're not even thinking about or focusing on or so we're so locked out of for various reasons. Systemic racism. Systemic racism. It's crazy. It is. It is. And and you know what too, just to to speak back on and bringing it back to Viacom, if Bob Johnson would have done this back in the late nineties, I mean, this is something that, 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 you know, it could have been, I don't want to say taken care of, right? Because that, that kind of, uh, that doesn't bring enough awareness. Could have done what? If could he, have done what? If he, if he could have, he had the ability to bring HBCU uh, uh, football and basketball to BET. I want to say at one time I, there was some of that. I could be wrong, part but I me, think I remember yeah, I seeing yeah. that. And, and I say that, that that part of me, part of me does agree with you that I remember, you know, seeing like maybe the Richmond Spiders playing football a little bit or, or, or something, right? But I, I just kind of wish that, you know, it would have stayed around in the BET that we knew. Yeah, and the programming would have to incorporate the full culture of a black college experience, the fraternity. Right. The, the 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 alphas and the omegas and the uh, the um, the sororities as well. Like they'd have to showcase all of that to really intrigue the alumni 
to tune in. And then you and, and you made an interesting point earlier because I thought about this. Like an advertiser's dream is being able to go to one location and know who exactly I'm marketing to. That's an advertiser's yes. dream. Which the the revolts and all those other stations, I don't think they get a whole lot of viewership to where it's not as much as the advertiser's dream. But a black college sports networker, a network would be an advertiser's dream if you did it the right way. And I think and I think they abandoned that. I mean, Toosh, you remember like when you was at Hampton and when I was at uh, Clark for a little bit, like you remember the black college weekends? I mean, I remember like not going to class and seeing BET mm. on site and, mm-hmm. and, and, and that whole thing, like 106 and Clark was there, like free and AJ, they were there. And you don't. Yeah, I saw you fan out for Ludacris, nigga. I saw you fan out for Ludacris. Don't think I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "He said, move. He said, move, bitch, get out the way." So I, I, I listened to what he said because I wasn't no bitch. Nigga, <laughs> like Dante funny, was though. on MTV. <laughs> what, a, what was that, Dante? What was that? That was <laughs> that was that was freshman freshman orientation. Uh, I think they had. Luda as a surprise guest, and you've been running with this joke for years. There's no this nigga, you would have thought Michael Jackson was there. Was <laughs> oh, this Looking at this nigga on MTV, <laughs> you would have thought that Michael. <laughs> I thought I saw some strippers, man. I thought I saw some strippers. <laughs> at least you're not trying. To, at least you're not trying to deny it, nigga. We saw. <laughs> oh shit. Shout out to Jersey State, baby. Luda's an alum. I support. <laughs> That's funny. I got a text message from Steve like, nigga, is this you? I said, no. I think it was one of them shits. What was it called? Um, the diary and shit. What was it called? The diary? Nigga, I still ain't confirming this story. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> you think you know? You think you? What was it called? You think you know, but you have no idea, nigga. You think you know, but you have no idea. <laughs> that shit was called. Is this your friend? <laughs> oh shit! Look at him. That's funny. But uh, but nah, as you were. Uh, so yeah, to your. To you, to you, to I think to your point though. I mean, none of those, none of those moments exist now. And I think to Ron's point, you know, Bob Johnson made a business decision, I guess, where he he started the company and and he wanted his he exited, right? He flipped his money and took it took it to the NBA, I guess, right? And and unfortunately, um, you know, he sold it to a to a to a parent company or a larger company that's controlled by white people and you mm-hmm. kind of lose control of that black content. So, you know, Byron Allen's like the last of a dying breed, right, that has ownership, ownership of content that hopefully will expand into black cinema that we can support and have control of. And, and that right. is a void. That is a void today that that, you know, um before two started talking about Byron Allen really didn't think about it. You know, we're almost conditioned to not even think about what we used to have in, in, in BET. We always kind of joked about what BET right. was, but it was powerful when we was growing up and kids today don't have anything close to that. But they think they do. Because they think Puffy owns Revolt. They think Oprah owns own, but they don't. Bob Johnson right. really owned BET. 
And it's interesting that somebody at Comcast actually said that we don't want to create any more Bob Johnsons when referring to Byron Allen. But in all honesty, Byron's probably already surpassed Bob from what it looks like. Yeah. You know, so it's too late. It's, It's too late. But I think the real issue, just to wrap this up, is the fact that he's not doing targeted black content. And the fact that he's making programming and networks for everybody. And he doesn't try to deny that. He doesn't he try doesn't. to deny that. He does not. It's, it's, it's just that it just, and again, so because on, on every issue, you're, there's, there's always a, there's always a way to play devil's advocate. So in playing the devil's advocate, it would, it would, for that story, it would always be, well, you're continuing to make money. And I hear you talking about, the black experience and your experience and, and you know how you weren't allowed in, but you're not catering to the folks that you want to be in power. And I think that's where the, where the conundrum lies. We can debate that all day. I don't know if he has to actually be catering to anyone, so to speak, to, to, to say that they're in the, to showcase that, they're in power. It could be so many right. people behind the scenes that look like us that he could be empowering. Oh, the program doesn't 1, have to reflect percent. that. No, no, no. One thousand percent. And and that's the reason why I utilize the term devil's advocate. Because what he's doing is motivational nonetheless. What 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 I what I want to say though, a couple of things just before we wrap it up. Two couple of things is observations. You have the Byron Allen approach where he is fighting for a cause where he wants a seat at the table and of, 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 of the TV, you know, the communication TV system that exists in America. Right. Or, or you have the other side, right. Which is you have Tyler Perry, who for years has never been accepted in Hollywood. And he said, all right, fuck y'all. I'm going to build this big studio 40 acre, which is phenomenal. They just said that they're going to have the Miss America pageant there. They're going to have mm-hmm. more TV shows coming there. So he's, he quietly built this business out there where they're now going to come to him instead of him having to come to them. And that's like, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. So I don't know if at some point, you know, Byron Allen, I don't know enough about the business there, but I don't know if he could do a similar approach. But it's like at some point we got to create our own our own shit and not depend upon the standard system that exists out there. Cause I think what Tyler Perry is showing that it, it, it's possible, man. Fuck them. Do your own thing. Um, the other yeah. thing I, I think was interesting about the Byron Allen thing and I, that I hate, I just hate that. Like we are for sale from the view of white people. What I mean by that is couple of things he touched on is the NAACP, I guess, was getting mm-hmm. money from, yep. from Comcast right. to, to play ball. Al Sharpton was getting a cut. Like, I hate how it's these, like, standard companies or people that white yeah. people think speak for us. Yeah. Which, 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 Disgusting. to his credit, Disgusting. Byron Allen spoke to. Disgusting. And, and, right. I, and I want to highlight that to where he said they signed a memorandum of understanding with Al Sharpton. Comcast thought right. because they signed a document called a Memorandum <laughs> of Understanding with Al Sharpton that they were good mm-hmm. in the black community. Yes. 
Yes. That is absolutely ridiculous. Al Sharpton hasn't been with yeah. the black community in, in years. In 40 but, years. In, in years. But, too, but it's, the same, it's the same thing that you highlighted before. A MOU with Al Sharpton is no different than giving Oprah, Magic, or Puffy yes. a network. Niggas ain't fuck with Magic they, and, since he kissed uh, Isaiah in the fucking All-Star game and shit. <laughs> ain't nobody been fucking with Magic <laughs> since then. And then he did that bullshit last year with the Lakers. Nobody fuck with Magic. Magic's out there. His name is Steven Johnson now. We call him Steven now. (laughs) Watch Django if you need to know what I'm talking about. (laughs) He ain't allowed in the big house. So you got these standard, you got these standard black figures that that these companies go to that they think say speak for Mm -hmm. speak for Mm -hmm. all black black people. That's their way of of checking in, and I think that's a deeper and darker, larger issue that I think Byron Allen also touched on that has to hopefully change at some point. Yeah, and there's, there's members of the Black Caucus who didn't want to sign. Who are they in the pockets right. with? Right. Like, and that's why we can't right. trust these people. I, I'm serious when I say this. Puff Daddy is now out here trying to act like he's this pro-black entrepreneur. He wants to see black people win. You're in too many pockets, dog. Oprah's in mm-hmm. too many pockets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Al Sharpton's been in pockets yeah, for years. They don't really give a uh, fuck about us. See, I, I, so on one hand, I totally, on one, it's it's hard with that statement because there's a part of me that that 100% agrees with that, but then there's a part of me that that disagrees with it, and I know that that the, the numbers don't add up, right? But I I understand what you're saying because we're all intelligent. But it's also difficult because there are times where you need these figures, right, to be at the forefront, and you need these figures to a you. But but with them being at the forefront, there's a responsibility that 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 needs to be taken and accounted for from them. Exactly. So I, I understand exactly what you're saying, Toots. You know what I mean? And and that's where again, that's why this thing is never there's there's never a black and white. It's the the area will always and forever be gray. Especially once you get to a certain to a certain point. Well, this trial is going yeah. to be November thirteenth. Um, yeah, there won't be no black and white after that. They're going to decide on this, and this could set black people back for a very long time. If you get discriminated on at work, you're going to have to find a way to prove that it was a hundred percent because of your race, because of the color of your mm. skin, and not ninety nine and a half. You're going to have to prove that it's a hundred percent, and. Mm. If this doesn't go well, yeah, if this doesn't go well, we'll see. But what I want to see people do, and I'm in it with this, we always want to talk about a protest and marching and not watching NFL football. What are we actually gaining from that? Not a damn thing. In this instance, we can easily have a targeted approach and say, we're going to drop Comcast. We're going to drop Spectrum, Charter, whatever the fuck they want to call themselves. And say, we're not going to subscribe to you anymore. If this shit starts to continue to progress. There's too many outlets to watch TV today. Honestly, you a sucker if you're paying for cable television today. There's too many ways to watch TV today. 
So this can be an easy way to organize the people together and say, if y'all even attempt to try to move this way, we are going to cancel our subscription with you and hurt people in the fucking pockets. What we constantly see is people out there in the streets marching, not asking for nothing. And it's ridiculous. We saw that kid get beat up in the New York station a week ago, which was disgusting to watch, but they were protesting and marching about that today. But what are you asking for? We got to stop just fucking being out there showcasing our fucking anger without asking for anything and having some fucking demands. Enough is the fuck enough. Damn. Power to the people. All the power to all the people. Shout out to Fred Hampton. You dig? Damn. Talk that talk. <laughs> Damn. Damn, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm coffee. sorry. I'm sorry. Damn, nigga. Yo, can we make this shit a little lighter right now? <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we I thought actually... we were talking about the Eagles and the Sixers, nigga. Like, what's <laughs> going on? Right. I'm, about to put the, I'm about to throw this phone down. Y'all right knew now. it was coming. <laughs> we ain't marching, nigga. Fuck that. We need to come up with a plan. Yeah, fuck marching, nigga. We shooting. We're coming up with a no. <laughs> nah, I'm not saying that either. Relax. I'm saying. All right. All right. We need to come up with a plan, but. We're not going to move on to anything much lighter. We're going to move on to this NCAA thing real quick. We're not going to spend too much time on it. But, Dante, okay. you go ahead and talk about that one. Sure. So, um, you know, we've been talking about, uh, I think we touched on it with, with Zion um, back when his sneakers exploded and when we were talking about players mm-hmm. um, being able to monetize off of their likeness. And, and we talked about, I think, the Fab Five and all these other cases before. So, next. Mm-hmm. We're um, so ahead of the we're so ahead of the curve. <laughs> you gotta you gotta tune in. We see that. But no, this is this Boys has been huddle. an issue that this has been an issue issue that's been talked about even even dating back to when we was kids with Ed O'Bannon and UCLA and him being mm-hmm. upset that you know him raising the issue with not being able to make money off of his likeness in video games. So this has been an an, an issue that's been talked about for decades. So. Um, more recently, I think, I guess pressure was applied on the NCAA from a couple of states. In particular, it was uh, California who um, passed a bill, I believe it was called the Fair Pay uh, to Play Act, um, which, which passed where basically uh, colleges and universities in the state of California were going to allow um, student athletes, which is an interesting term, to, to, to be able to make money you know, off of their likeness, right? So... You know, we talked, I think we might have talked about that either offline or on one of these episodes, I think. But uh, more recently, the NCAA reversed their position and are now um, going to modify um, their rules to where athletes can now profit off their name, image, and likeness in a manner that's consistent with the collegiate model, which... You know, I think that's kind of double speak. Where they're they're opening the door now, basically, for athletes to now make money off of their likeness and their image. I guess they're publicly saying that they're catching up with the times. They see the tide is now turning um, to where you know this is a real issue. You got if we talked in other episodes where there's other alternatives for um, high school athletes to you know in basketball to play overseas or. Um, you know, join other other 
organizations to where they can monetize off of playing sports. So, you know, the pressure picked up. So now they're, they're, they've now changed course to where they, they're going to now allow athletes to, you know, make money off their likeness. So, you know, we'll see kind of what that means. I mean, I have a position on it, but um, before I get to it, um, what, do, what do y'all think? What's, what's the reaction on on this now, on this change, do y'all do y'all believe it? But that's the thing. I, I watched Jay Billis. And he's a pretty honest individual that is, you know, in the forefront of the college basketball landscape, and he thinks it's bullshit. And he thinks <laughs> that it's the fact that you know he thinks that it's the fact that the government had all these different bills out there that NCAA was reaching out to them, asking them to pull the bills, and they said no. So they said, right. all right, let's take this route. And now this will get the government off our backs. And we're going to leave it up to each individual school to come up with a game plan by 2021. Right. And the f- and who's coordinating that? So if every school doesn't come up with a game plan by then, then all right, well, we can't, there's nothing we can do. Every, nobody submitted their proposal yet. We don't know how this is going to work. We tried. Right. It's bullshit. I, I believe with Jay. I'm, I'm siding with Jay Billis from that standpoint. Me too. Me too. So, yeah, and I think I think to your point, too, the other part of it is there's certain states, I think Florida might be one of them, where they had plans in place with legislation to basically allow this law to become effect, in effect in Florida in 2020. So other articles out there I've seen that said this is the way the NCA is kind of trying to slow that down a little bit as well um, mm. to, you know, there's state legislation and there's federal legislation. And then there's timing where some of these states were going to enact this ahead of this 2021 guideline. I think the real, the real issue, and this is interesting. I didn't notice, but the term student athlete <clears throat> actually dates back. I don't, I think it might've been like in the eighties, um, for the NCAA commissioner at the time, you know, players oh, were getting yeah. hurt, so they were trying yeah. to get um, they were trying to get workman's comp, mm. and and the way that the NCAA got out of paying workman's comp was, you know, changing their charter to describe these athletes as student athletes, so that they're not deemed as employees mm-hmm. for um, yeah. em- <laughs> employment law shit. And not to cut you off, Jay, but. I remember when Toos sent that out and when we talked about that. Toos was on top of that. I can't remember mm-hmm. the guy's name, but the the, 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 the white gentleman, there's a, uh, what was it, Toos? Was it on Amazon? It where, was actually on the LeBron um, documentary he did with HBO. We actually talked oh, about it on right. that right. second right. episode right. with uh, yeah. me, you, and Markel, where we spoke about yes. the slavery, neo slave yep. mentality of the NCAA. So. Yes. That's great to bring yes. that back, and, back and, up, though. Yeah. Yeah. Everything comes full circle. I remember that full fledge. Yep. I remember that full That's fledge. A, and that was that was deep to me. So 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 I think to your point, to Jay Billis' point, and I, I tend to agree, I have no faith in an organization that has that history. And that was, you know, two, three weeks ago or a month ago, trying to sue the state of California to stop the same legislation that they're now saying they support, right? And 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 they're trying to anytime in business you hear people saying we support this, but 
subject to this, subject to that, subject to this, subject to that. They're trying, they're trying to buy time. To defi- yeah, they're trying, trying to buy time, time and then and then and then define a a box that defines whatever the issue is. So they're trying to basically limit what this is. I think I think it's disingenuous, but you know, time will tell. We'll see where it goes. At least the one positive I take from it is, it at least is a small step in the right direction. But right. you know, people shouldn't get I'm too not excited. Necessarily a big believer. Yeah, people shouldn't right. get people, too exactly. excited at all. Even exactly. though you're a king. Exactly. Is trying to promote on his bullshit ass show the shop that they signed legislation in his show and please get your hair piece in order, nigga. Moving on, moving on. But I want to give some quick horns to Byron Allen because we didn't do it. It's for you, Byron. We appreciate you out there. You know, we got to stop. We got to stop looking at each other as hip hop fucked us up, man. I'm going to say this real quick. Rap music fucked us up to where we thought if you wasn't looking a certain way, if you didn't have a certain swag or a slang about yourself, that we dismissed you. And then they were calling each other out in public. We're not going to do that no more. Now, the people that I spoke about, Puff Daddy and Oprah and all of them that were being complicit, that's different. But if just because you, you, you have a different look or swag or approach about yourself and you're black because you don't identify with the hip-hop culture, we got to stop throwing each other away. Just wanted to say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> just had to say it. <laughs> Y'all niggas still there or what? Did y'all leave me? No, I can't hear you. It went out for a second. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm nigga, I, yo nigga, sometimes you can't interrupt greatness. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you gotta let it, let it, let let greatness go. Here we go. <laughs> let go and let God. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, it's now the sucker or OG segment. So I hope y'all can hear me. Yes, Lord. I can't hear you. First one I got. Most recently, your man Matt Barnes is doing Vlad TV. Y'all be talking about my man Vlad, but Vlad be bringing some shit. Matt Barnes is on Vlad TV. He's talking about an incident he had with a certain player's mother. The mother was in the stands and said, take your faggot ass back to L.A. And he said... Suck my dick, bitch. And got fined $50,000. See a sucker OG for that move. Nigga, I don't see a sucker move in sight. Suck my dick, nigga. Fuck my own shit. The mother was James Harden's mother. Where he told James Harden's mother to suck his dick. Bitch. Oh, that's fucking wild. (laughs) 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 As a man, if you tell any female to suck your dick, bitch, it's kind of a sucker move. But she did say initially, take your faggot ass back to L.A. Well, nigga, at that point, when she called him a faggot, nigga, it's all bets are off. He got fined $50,000 for that comment. I never knew about this, too. He spoke about it. Me? Are we going... 
Are you going with the OG move on that one? Yeah, nah, fuck that, man. You know what I'm saying? Once you say, once you call a nigga a faggot, man, you know what I'm saying? Yo, in this day and age, and I ain't gonna hold you, that's a word that I don't use any longer. Uh, once you call somebody a faggot, man, you all gloves is off. Mm. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you can get it. You can get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, when I when I listen to music that we listened to back in the day, it's funny because I was having this conversation probably about a, a couple weeks ago. And I was talking about it with my old G Mill. And me and Mel, we was talking about it, and we was, it was like a, a Jada Kiss song. And Kiss said something about a faggot something. And I'm just like, yo, that shit bit. Like, that shit bit. Like, back in 99 or 2000 or 2004 when I heard it, I didn't hear it like mm. that. But in this day and age, I hear it a lot stronger. Right. So if she's able to say it, well, then at that point, well, bitch, you don't give a shit. So I'm giving you exactly what the fuck I feel like. <laughs> no disrespect. <laughs> So, so we're gonna go ahead and give her uh what are you gonna give a Matt an OG move for the clap back. Nah, Matt gets an OG move, man. He's allowed to do that at that point. Okay. Go ahead, Matt. I fucks with you. Ten. And we know that, that nigga's dealing that nigga's been dealing with his teammates fucking his wife. So <laughs> he, he gets a pass on that anyway. <laughs> he's he's pissed yeah. off. I would say, uh I mean I, I agree with I would I agree with everything Ron said. I mean, it sounds like to me it was a clarification for James Harden's mom that he wasn't no faggot. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he, he said what he said to, to clarify that he wasn't that. And, and, and you know, she, she people got to be, yeah, what's up with these NBA player moms lately? Did y'all see uh, Cat's mom was wilding in Philly the other night? Like, these moms got to relax, man. So with that being said, can we talk about Cat and Embiid and the, the faux fight that happened? Yeah, we're going to try to do that like what, as a sucker OG. This is, this is the sucker OG segment, so present it. It is. So then, well, then you know what? So here's where we're going to go with the sucker OG on that. We're not even going to talk about the fight itself, right? Let's go with the sucker OG and with Joel Embiid, what he did afterwards, like yeah. with the playing to the yeah. crowd. Are, are we fucking with or that? Or even the Twitter shit. Even the whole thing yeah. after you the know fact. what? Yeah, let's make it the Twitter shit. Fuck, fuck what he did on the court, and with the Twitter shit, you know what I'm going to say? That sucker shit, man. Like I agree. What happened? What happened is what happened, and and just let it be. Like let it be, man. You know what I'm saying? Like like that. Sh- at a certain point, at a certain point, like I I get it. He's like, you know, this is what I have to do in order to get me up. Like, um, you know, pause. Like, cool. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all day. All day. Like, cool. But it's like, yo, at, at a certain point, like, man, like, stop it. Like, stop it. We're better than that. And especially after you was boohoo in tears, like when I whooped my son's ass and you out there boohoo in tears. Right. Like, man, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. Even, yeah. even young Cam don't boohoo like that when, when daddy beat his ass. You know what I'm saying? I would say this. NBA, I wouldn't go M- that far. NBA. He boohoos. No. Oh, does he? Well, yeah. that means I might have to call the authorities. You know what I'm saying? You're a terrible father. <laughs> I would say the NBA, NBA fights are always some sucker shit. But the aftermath mm-hmm. of this, we can, you know, decipher whether it was some sucker OG shit. It was all sucker shit. Every last yeah. bit of it was sucker shit. And B playing up to the crowd. While your teammates are kind of still in the mix of everything, you uh, dapping up Mike Scott as if you did something. 
All you did right. was get suspended was for two games. Move. Like, nigga, exactly. Like, come on, man. That was man. the worst move out at all. I hated that Mike Scott shit. Like, why are we, why are we looking at, why are we paying, why are we looking for confirmation from Mike Scott? Right. I mean, like, he's not out. a tough guy neither. Like, don't look up to him. Why are we at Jimmy? <sighs> Those are the why things. Why are we at Jimmy Butler? Exactly. So as far as Embiid in that whole soiree, he's a sucker for that bullshit. And I I know there's a lot of little sucker shit for him. We're going to get into Sixers in a minute. But we're just talking about that incident. Sucker shit. And you did it against fucking fucking Cat, whatever the fuck they call him. Carl Anthony Towns. He is a real sucker. And you look like a sucker with him? Come on, man. Check yourself, Q. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey yo, if y'all niggas ain't watched Juice in a minute, go ahead and check it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know I'm saying because when I decide that you ain't shit, so be it. You know what I mean? Right. If you don't know right. that line, nigga, then fuck out of here. Don't even listen to this podcast. You heard me? Unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got yeah, another don't one. The box. We're stuck on Vlad TV. Vlad be putting in athletes recently. This is interesting to me. Jason Williams. He's probably third on the Jason Williams list. It's the Duke Jason Williams. It's the white chocolate Jason Williams. And then there's the nigga that killed his driver. (laughs) I was going to ask you, which Jason Williams are we talking about? Yeah, we're talking about the one that killed the driver for no reason. That one. Okay. Okay. But quick question, which Jay Williams is first, White Chocolate or Duke? Who's the first Jay Williams? It's the White Chocolate. It's the White Chocolate? Okay. Fuck yeah, niggas don't even respect that other nigga. He's growing on me. He's growing on me. I fuck with him. No, he is, but what I'm saying is he's cool and all, but nigga, when you say Jay Will, like, nigga, come on, man. Shit, nigga, I I had a 55 jersey. Really? That's nasty. I had that shit. Yeah. No doubt. Okay. <laughs> well, damn. Racist ass niggas. I guess niggas don't respect Grand West Virginia. You know what I'm saying? I guess my, I guess my Boscov Spole shirt ain't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, that's terrible. Not even on the same level. <laughs> I'd rather have a full shirt than a white chocolate jersey, like dog. White chocolate. I, mean, I don't know. What? We'll move on. Come on, man. <laughs> we'll move on. Come on, man. <laughs> Jason Williams was recently talking a lot about his life story <laughs> on Vlad TV. The New York, the New Jersey Nets, Jason Williams, for more clarification. And he's just been on this shit on Charles Barkley. Like, <laughs> this shit has kind of been hilarious. Like, he's been out there really just like, it's almost like how... Chris Rock loves to talk about Bobby Brown every chance he gets to just defame him <laughs> and shit. But it's just like he's on his. That's interesting. Yeah, he was Barkley's like young boy, right? Yeah, he was Barkley's young boy, but he was like, man, I was with the Sixers and yeah, it was a terrible place for me to go originally because Charles, I was for the two years I was there, Charles practiced two times. And then they wanted to compare him to Dennis Rodman because remember, Jason Williams was a hell of a rebounder. He had like a moment where. He started to really come into his own, and then all the other shit happened. But he was like, right. "Yeah, I'd have been better than Dennis if I'd have been with Michael." 
Charles will beat you up for practicing too hard. <laughs> Mike will beat you up because you didn't practice hard enough. So he's just going in <laughs> on Charles the whole fucking time. I'm just like, damn, is that some sucker shit? Is like, did Charles not answer your call in the past 10 years? Which most likely he hasn't. But it's just interesting <laughs> that he's just finding time to just fucking take shots at Charles Barkley the whole time. As a former team. Well, if I can. Yeah. Is that if I some sucker shit right or here. some OG shit? Just telling the truth or is there's a locker room code out here? I don't well, know. Well, no. I mean, Charles is probably not trying to fucking uh, be around murderers. So, <laughs> with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, Jason Williams, you're a hater <laughs> and cut bullshit. You know what I'm saying? That's a fucking sucker move. But as Nigga, Sixers you, fans, you love- as Sixers fans, if we know Charles was on the fucking stationary bike and not practicing all that time, what are your thoughts on that? Man, my thoughts are as much as he tries to talk about players today, it doesn't matter. You get older and you get wiser. So, Charles, as the OG and the homie, he took Jason Williams under his wing. Now, whether that wing was great or not, (laughs) he wasn't a good wing. (laughs) (laughs) That's not for us to fucking discuss, right? At the end of the day, Jason Williams, yo, cut it out. Cut it out, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, that was that was your OG. He took you under his wing. He showed you the NBA ropes. Don't shit on him now. Don't shit on him now. So, yeah, I don't fuck with that, man. I'm sorry. I don't fuck with that. So, ba- so, basically, Jason Williams got on Vlad TV and was talking about practice. Not a game. <laughs> practice. Not a game. Practice. Not Let me game. find out practice. that Charles spoke about AI going to practice, though. We're going to have to do some research. We're going to follow up on the next episode. Let me find out. Let me oh, you know find he out. Did. He probably did. I want to say no there was a moment. I want to say there was a moment where, where like, AI and, 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 and Charles, it was a little frosty. The yeah. relationship was a little frosty. I want to say I remember. I kind of remember that. It happened. I'm sure. I just need to find some quotes. But for me, it's a, it's a, it's an OG move by Jason, and it's a sucker move by Charles. That's how I'm going to coin it. Charles Ash should have been out there helping out his teammates. Charles used to love to talk about how shitty the team was, and he didn't have no help. Yeah, Nigga, you're not even out there practicing. Fuck you. That nigga used to shit on Hersey Hawkins yeah. all the time. He said, Nigga, I get the ball. Hersey, yo, Hersey would say, I get the ball with, with one second left on the clock and I got to throw up a three. Nigga, you love fucking Hersey. You, you mentioned that like five times on the podcast. You really like Hersey? Nigga, that's Do you got the Hersey? Guy, nigga. <laughs> that's the hawk crazy. to me. Y'all talk about Connie. Hersey was the hawk. He's the original <laughs> nigga for me. This, this nigga got a, a closet full of Jason Williams, Sacramento Kings jerseys, and Hershey Hawks. You got to relax. And don't forget Ron Anderson, nigga, number 20. Holla back. <laughs> <laughs> don't you ever disrespect. <laughs> to me, it's an OG move. Charles Barkley is some sucker shit. As much as he likes to criticize players, he tends to forget. We knew you spit on that little girl, nigga. We know. Oh, yeah, you spit on her. We do know that. You know that. I'm going to stand with OG yo, here's a question. Yo, here's a question I got, right? Tay, before you answer that sucker OG, though, right? Here's a question I got. Is there – and what – do you think that maybe some of Charles's quote-unquote, uh, hate of younger players 
it's for the love that they get in the cities that they play in. Because I don't what does does Charles get love in the cities that he's played in? He has a statue like, outside of the practice center, so I I would say so. He just did that over the summer. Yeah, I would say. I yeah. Think, um, I was just going to say. I think to your question, Ron. I think a lot of Charles' hate, though, toward the younger players is more about the money, because you got to remember, Charles. Charles signed that ten-year, whatever million-dollar deal with the Sixers, which was a really bad deal. But he was a like he says he was a country nigga from Alabama. He didn't know no right. better. He just saw right, right. millions on the table, but it was a ten-year deal. And eventually, you know, he forced his way out to Phoenix, as we all know. But I think a lot of his animosity, he still says this a lot, actually, was about was about that contract in Philly. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what it is, about the money that they make. Yeah. That's understandable. I just, I, just, I just wonder, you know, where – because, like, I know he does get love here in Philly. But I just kind of think that the love that he gets here isn't necessarily – like, obviously, the love that he gets here – He never won here, here, so it's not the same. That's what I'm saying. And it pales in comparison to a person like AI who, you know, who connected with the city. I don't know how much Charles actually connected with the city. Oh, he didn't fucking practice. So that's why I didn't connect with the city. The team could have <laughs> probably went somewhere. Oh, shit. The best player don't right. practice. OG yeah, move by yeah. Jason fucking Williams. But you know what? I'll, if you listen to those interviews, Jason Williams definitely killed that driver on purpose. This nigga, oh, that goes out. This I nigga, don't got to listen to a damn thing. talking about how he pulled he out a hammer that. on Luke on, on, on Manute Bowe's uncle. Listen to that shit. I'm going to send it to y'all afterwards. He pulled out a hammer on, on, on Manute Bowe's uncle. He pulled out a hammer on some dudes that was fucking with his sisters. Yeah. He was a little loose. He definitely killed yeah, that job. That nigga couldn't wait to lay a nigga down, man. And Shout if out he, to Queens until and, this, and Till this day, even on the Vlad interview, when you see it, he gets so emotional. Like, he's not gotten over yeah. that shit. I remember yeah. he did the Breakfast Club interview a few years ago, and he you could just see he yeah. was, like, tormented and yeah. just... He definitely like, killed that driver. Not on yeah. accident. And he regrets the yeah. fuck out of it. So, Word. that's not for us to judge, but, you know. OG move for calling out Charles punk ass out there talking about everybody else, and he didn't even fucking practice. Last one I got. <clears throat> it's a good segue. And we spoke about this, and now it's time to really have the conversation, niggas. Orlando Scandrick's punk ass. Uh (laughs) Or is he a punk? Who knows? Recently went on Undisputed with Skip and Shannon about a week ago. A few days after he got cut from the team. Calling out the whole organization and his fellow safety mates, particularly Malcolm Jenkins, without saying names, but we knew who he was talking about. Called everybody out. Now, we've had our issues. This was after the Dallas loss. This was before we beat Buffalo, who seems to be a much better team this year. But we went back and forth about this via text. We didn't talk about it. Is Orlando a sucker or an OG for the move? May not be the question. But we can we can address that quickly. Is Orlando a sucker OG for what he did on Undisputed? Yo, I'm jumping in real quick, and I'm going to give you something that you may not expect from me. I'm going to say that 
The reason that I think that it's an OG move is because he's doing nothing except for looking out for himself because he understands that his playing career is over. So it's an OG move. Why? Because he's trying to make his way into talk television. Hmm. It's an OG move. Go get your money, King. Get your money. Even if you're lying through the skin of your fucking dusty-ass teeth, get your money, King. We think he's lying. Dante? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was proven. I don't know about that. Dante, so I'll go with Jay for what he did. Then we'll go into the rest of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be quick on it. I, I, for me, I would say it's a sucker move from him and an OG move for Skip. Um, sucker move just for him. I mean, look, he got cut. It's the second time he got cut. And what I, what I really think he was also doing was being an advocate for other players that's, that's in the locker room that might not be on the same page with Malcolm. They, I read that he's real cool with Rasul Douglas. And well, he mentioned he's Rasul. Had a, he's yeah. had a, he mentioned Rasul. So, you know what I mean? Maybe maybe he's maybe he's doing some of the talking for Rasul and some of those younger guys by pointing at Malcolm. But, I mean, look, man, you're not doing yourself any – maybe maybe to Ron's point, maybe he's just looking out for his next career on TV. We'll see. But OG move for Skip, man, who's a Cowboy fan and looks to any, any, any avenue or option to – talk about the NFC East team and any any other NFC East team in a bad way. So the Cowboys had a big win. Let's bring in a guy that's going to shit on the Eagles. So, I, I you know, I think that was an OG move from Skip, suck a move for Orlando. Hmm. See, I don't think that it was a suck a move at all because I believe most of the things that he said were accurate. And and maybe it did some benefit to the team because it seemed to spark some things where they had some player-only meetings and things of that nature. I think that, for me, the sucker move was the Eagles' response via social media. That was the problem I had. When you try to put out there that he said something to Malcolm Jenkins in the Vikings game to make it look like he was just, you know, a farce altogether, which to me, I see people being fake at work all the fucking time. And I'm sure y'all do too. So that shouldn't even, even come into play when trying to question his statements on the undisputed show. In my opinion, what he probably said was true while he was on the team. He was just falling in line and and complying with what he thought was going to keep him around. To me, the Eagles doing what they did was the sucker move because we have too much anonymous sources today. We have too many people doing things on a platform such as social media, and now the organization is going to do that? Well, it starts at the top. It's from what I heard. I didn't like that fucking response. The sucker move to me is the Eagles organization. That's where I'm with. What do you all think about the Eagles' response? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I didn't necessarily have a problem with. It. I think that you know, if you're gonna, I think that if you're gonna go out on national TV and and and, and talk shit, well, then I think at that point, then the Eagles, I think the Eagles, they're they're allowed to do that via social media. I don't think the I Eagles think should do it though. Let, let Malcolm Jenkins do that bullshit. Address it at the press conference as a team if you want to do that. I didn't like that shit. No, yeah, I, I understand not liking it, but I, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with it. I was, I was all right with it. 
You know what I mean? So that that's my standpoint on it. Like I was I was, I was cool with it. You know what I mean? I'm saying, you know, we have a little jab and hold on, wait a second. Well, you're saying this, but we got you right here, and you just said this two days ago. That's cool. So I, I I Again, you see people being fake at work all the time, right? Do you not see it at your job? I do. All right. I do, but there's no video of it. <laughs> don't there's matter. no video of the other side. There's no video on the other, other side. Don't matter. So I'm all right with it. I'm not. I mean, I think, I think, I think, I think the the social media thing from the Eagles is is whack. I don't, but I, I I didn't care. My my way my way of viewing the Eagles' response is how they perform, and like I told y'all, it's it's at a point now where they just gotta they just gotta perform and start winning games. So we like how they responded against Buffalo. We'll see what they do, you know, this weekend against the Bears. But you know, the social media thing, like I, I mean, they got these kids running these accounts, man. Like I don't know. I don't know enough about it to know if I care as much about the Twitter angle or the Instagram angle that they're running with it. I just they just need to perform on the field. I'm with you. I'm with you. So yeah. leading into that, good segue. I think the consensus at the Boys in the Huddle podcast, which I hate to admit this, was a twelve and four season. I think it was the twelve and four seasons what we projected. We're now four and four. Yeah, you did. Does anyone yep. here think we're running the table? No. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. But 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 I will say this though. Um our schedule outside of after this game and then after the bye week, uh, there's only like the Patriots, yeah. After the yeah, this, Patriots yeah. After the Patriots Seahawks is real game. soft. Pause. And another game with Dallas. Another game with Dallas. Like I, I was yeah, a little uncomfortable yeah. with overlooking them before, but they blew us out. We got to respect them. So there's three more games, but I mean, yeah. it's it's a, it's a pretty soft schedule pause uh, for the rest of the season. And I'm so, sure we'll have a letdown I, against one of those, you know, right. one lesser of the NFC teams. teams. Right. Yeah, yeah. Giants. Right. Oh. Giants will fuck oh. around and get us once. Nah, I think we got the Giants. I, I'm, I'm, I hope we get the Bears out of the way. I'm not overlooking them. Um, Agree. Well, clearly we're not um, going to go 12 and four. But are we making the playoffs? Nah. What do y'all think? Are we a playoff team? Are we going to be able to sneak in? Yeah, I think we get in. Mm. I think we. Um, I, I think I, I got us going. Agree. I mean the safe, the safe. I think ten and six. Yeah. Probably ten six is strong. I don't know if that necessarily wins the division. We got to see what Dallas does, but ten and six is is possible based on the rest of the schedule. Ten and six is possible. Um, It's possible, of course, but I think ten. Well, I think ten and six definitely gets us in the playoffs. Nine and seven is where we have trouble, and that's going to depend on what happens in the Dallas game. So I say that to say, if we if we beat Chicago this weekend, we win the division and get in the playoffs. That's, oh. that's my prediction. You're saying is everything bears on beating the Bears? <laughs> is what you're saying? Yeah, uh, we beat the Bears, and if we even if we lose the two games to Seattle and New England, as long as we beat. The Cowboys were good. Interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You know what, guys? We got to talk about this. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Carson Wentz. The trade deadline is coming, going. We didn't make any moves. Apparently, we put some offers out there for the Patrick Petersons, uh, maybe the Jamal Adams with the Jets. Didn't get Ramsey. Uh, Josh Gordon, I think, would have been a good pickup if we could have got him off waivers, but I don't think we're going to make the playoffs, man. I, I hate to be the Debbie Downer. I hate to be negative but the things I see the fundamental issues in the secondary and with the defense overall the lack of respect seemingly for Carson Wentz I think that there's another offseason that needs to take place to figure a lot of that stuff out so I hate to say it I don't think we get in man I don't think we we, I don't think we we dance this year Yeah, I, I hope I, you're wrong. I'll just say that. I hope I you're hope wrong, you're but wrong. I understand that. But it's it's a yeah. really soft schedule after New England and Seattle. I mean, Miami, the Giants, the Redskins, Dallas, and the Giants again. I hope. I mean, I, to, to your point, though, if if they don't get it done and if they have a disappointment against the Bears, then heads got to roll, man. They got to do a massive rebuild and, and, and change. I'm actually not mad that they didn't do a trade. I'm actually happy that they finally went through a season and kept some draft picks, man. And we could maybe talk a little bit about the poor drafting that we're seeing from them. I mean, they can't get this second round wide receiver. The second round wide receiver we have has two catches for the whole season. Right. I mean, this shit is is disgusting, man. We're seeing other players out there, you know, DK Metcalf, um, what's the dude, Terry McLaurin from the the Redskins. You got your man uh, Hardman with the Chiefs. I mean, there's rookies out there that are contributing to their teams now. We can't get this white side kid to even get on the field ahead of your man. What's his name? Mac Mac Hollins, who's playing the whole game. The whole game, and he's got, what, one catch in the last four or five games or something like that. Like, there's a whole side of the field that defenses know they're not throwing to. Right. And, I mean, you know, we, we talked about the draft before, so I don't want to spend too much time on it, but you have the least number of picks out of any team. You cut one of the players that you picked and that quarterback that who we already forgot his name. And then your second one of your second round picks can't get on the field. Shit is bad. They they need to really figure out what they're doing. Um, but these are the Howie picks, standpoint. though, right? These you can't put this on. Doug. Yeah, these, these are Howie and 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 Joe Douglas, um, who now with the Jets. These are all Howie, Joe Douglas move. Now I'll give them credit. Um, I like what I see from Sanders and at left tackle. Um, that was the first round pick. He actually had a decent game. I thought um, this past weekend. So maybe two of those picks look right, but when you only have five and you can only talk about two players, that's that's when teams start start failing. What, what, what are your um, thoughts on Barnett? Long term, Derek Barnett. Yeah. Not Fred I Barnett, nigga. Not. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm 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 okay with him. I mean, I'm okay with him. I think if he could stay healthy, I mean, we just haven't seen enough of him playing. But um, I think he had a sack the other game. I mean, he, he's okay. 
he's okay. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with him so far, but he hasn't lived up to what we were hoping for yet. But I mean, you know, just like Brandon Graham, sometimes it takes it takes time for them players to really set and, in and, and right. start making. And, right. Uh, and you were always on the Brandon Graham train. I will give you that. You always were on that train. So and somehow you got an autograph. I'm still tight about that. I did for my man back in my old job, my man Phil. I gotta holla at you. He's homies with Brandon Graham, so he got me that autograph signature of the Tom Brady sack. My man. But no doubt. what I do wanna touch on is you you mentioned the draft class a lot. Both of y'all said y'all like Douglas a lot, right? Are you giving any credence to what Scandrick said? Because I, I know not just y'all. Everybody said Douglas is our best corner. And then we see him out there getting fucking beat up. Getting destroyed. So are we saying that what Scandrick said is no truth to that because y'all wanted to try to paint him as, you know, somebody that's trying to get revenge or as a scorned ex-girlfriend, whatever. Multiple people said Douglas is the best corner, and he's out there getting fucking abused. Malcolm Jenkins is what, thirty three years old, thirty four. I mean, mm. are we are we just going to dismiss that that play from him as a leader in in the secondary? I don't know if no. I ever said Douglas was the best corner. Though. Uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't. Yeah, you did. Uh, I don't. You did because y'all was upset with Darby and said, I can I can send y'all the text messages. We said the sad part is he's probably our best corner. I know for a fact that you said that. And that's Dante. You said that. I can send it to you. I was probably joking. I'm not like a big <laughs> oh. thing. Douglas, I, 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 I've always actually said Darby, I was okay with them bringing Darby back. I think Darby's probably the best Darby's corner terrible. that they got, which... which We'll see. I mean, which we'll see. He's healthy now with Jalen Mills. I actually think that combo is, you know, decent. I'm not saying I don't. You know, you go. That's not a formal combo. But you got to talk about their defense is all about getting pressure on the quarter on the on the quarterback, and that's really where they. But if they only see, that's where my problem is is with Schwartz because if it's predicated on getting pressure on the quarterback with just the front four. And the front four is now banged up. I don't even know how great it was when it was healthy. You don't blitz. That's the problem. Then that's why I feel like we won't make the playoffs because it's a fundamental issue. And it has to be displaced. Jim Swartz did a hell of a job leading us to the Super Bowl. But if you think about it, everybody was playing great up until the second half of that season. Then the secondary was open for business. Last year, the secondary was open for business. Then somehow he galvanized that group and they played a lot better. But we're st- still seeing a reoccurring theme of that secondary and the defense having spurts where they just struggle. And I think it's largely based on his particular scheme. Well, he doesn't want to blitz and he wants to leave it up to the front four. But if that front four isn't getting pressure and then they're not healthy, it's going to be a continuous theme that we see, and we've seen it. Agreed. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, I think, I think, I think it speaks to you lose Chris Long and and, and Michael Bennett, and mm. you replace them with 
a bunch of people that's been injured. You got Jernigan, Benny Curry, and, and unfortunately, uh, it was a Malik Jackson got hurt the first mm-hmm. game. I mean, yep. they don't have they don't have anybody else to really step up and and do anything. I mean, they drafted a kid that they're basically redshirting. Sharif Miller, Philly dude, but like, you know, they don't really have anybody in that pass rush. And I think that's exposing the weaknesses that we all know exist uh in the cornerback. But to your question though, I don't I don't really give Malcolm Jenkins a pass neither. I think um I think I think there's probably some truth to what Orlando was saying about Malcolm. Malcolm plays aggressive and he was missing assignments and that was exposing Rasul and these and and Unfortunately, man, Sydney's looking like a bust. That was another second round yeah. pick that. That was Andy pick, though, right? Now. Was that Andy or Chip? That was a nah, Chip, right? That was that was. That wasn't nah, Doug. That was Howie. That, but that I mean, I mean, the head coach was Chip, right? I don't think that was Chip. I think that was Doug's first year because that's when um, he tore his Achilles, yeah. and then they picked him up that in the Super second Bowl round. That, that was Super Bowl year. Yep. That was Super Bowl year. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's another Howie pick, and I wasn't mad at him when he did it, but. For whatever reason, I don't know if it's mental, I don't know if it's a physical issue, but that kid's not 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 getting it done. His, his game, he played in the slot last game and played okay. Um, hopefully, he can build on that. But they're gonna get your man, your man Avante back, and uh, LeBlanc is coming back soon. So yeah, I like at some LeBlanc, point. Sydney, yeah. Sydney, LeBlanc is nice. At some point, Sydney's not gonna be on that roster, and that's a second round pick. That, another second round pick that they're not gonna hit on. So again, it gets back to player evaluation and drafting where Howie's always been kind of weak at. But he was strong there before. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Howie's gotten a lot of kudos through the years because of his ability to be able to evaluate talent. So, I I don't know. Trades. Trades. He's a trade guy. I don't know if he's like a draft guy. That's always been But what, what you also see is a lot of people have left Howie that were under him. That have gone to organizations such as the Colts, um, you know, different organizations to where who knows what what the, the the brain power was around him throughout the years that's not there no more. We don't. Very know. good point. But um, moving on from the Eagles, but I mean, so you guys both think we're we're going to get to the playoffs? I'm going I'm going to have to be the negative Nancy and say we don't. But you guys, I'm are hopeful, steadfast. Yeah. I'm hoping things pan out the way that I think they can. I think we're okay. I think we're okay. But but we we any more than three losses, and we have a chance, two losses, and we're in, and we won the division. That's my prediction. Okay. Yeah, it's a hard season. I know you're trying to wrap yourself with the Eagles, but it's it's a. One thing I will say, I know we all have different opinion on, on, on Carson. It's it's one of those seasons where I really don't know what they can say about – I don't think quarterback is the issue on the team, but I don't really know how much of the issue is him, and, and I don't know how you evaluate him with how this season has kind of, kind of went. It's It's been a weird season where people have been injured, receivers been dropping passes. I don't, I don't know if they've gotten enough to even really like evaluate I think for Carson Wentz to have a successful career in Philadelphia, a large percentage of the offense has to go because they don't respect him. And you think it's more than just Alshon? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and maybe it started with somebody like Alshon. But once you have that cancer in the locker room, 
it spreads. And I think that mentally nobody can really get over the fact that Nick Foles delivered this city a Super Bowl championship. There's a trophy, there's, there's a statue of Nick Foles at the link. There's a huge poster of Nick Foles coming out of the mm. tunnel that Carson Wentz apparently tried to request to get removed. It's just not going to happen unless you almost just con- just completely wipe out that offense. Bring in a new offensive coordinator, which I think is an issue as well. And yeah. as much as I don't like Carson Wentz, I think a lot of it is out of his control because psychologically it's hard to get over that hurdle that Nick Foles created. We all love him. We miss you. Nick, get back on the field with the Jaguars. I miss you. I want to see you. <laughs> it's nasty, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I, you know what, man? I don't really disagree with you. I think, I think, I think, you know, he's got that monkey on his back, which is Nick Foles won a Super Bowl there. What I, what I don't know is I don't know how much of the team isn't behind him as opposed to it just being one particular play. I, I just don't know. Yeah, we'll see. All it takes um, is one dog. You know, I, you know what? I, we used to coach. I had that crazy bitch. Hannah Lewis was a cancer. She spread the fucking negative gospel about me throughout the team. All it takes is mm. one. Mm. All it takes is one dog. Shout out to Greg. <laughs> my little nigga. What's up? Even though you're a little white boy, but my man. Fuck with you. Hope you're doing so well. So Alshon... Alshon's a crazy white bitch. I got you. <laughs> exactly. Alshon's a crazy white. Yeah, white bitch. But um, <laughs> moving along. Sixers. They say it's our year in the Eastern Conference. Before Kevin Durant makes his triumphant return. The prodigal son has returned is what they'll say next year. So they say that the Sixers, this is their window of getting to an NBA championship. Maybe, potentially, winning an NBA championship. We spoke a little bit about Joel Embiid and that little scuffle, that little cuddle he had with Cat. Are we still undefeated? We're 4-0? 5-0? I think we played tonight, right? Said to be playing that good. Or no, and they're playing right now against the Trailblazers. Yep. I haven't had a chance to watch too much regular season basketball. I watch some of the preseason. I'm in a battle right now with my own cable company, <laughs> <laughs> which will go unnamed. Which will, <laughs> or next time we're naming names. Going. Fuck all that. Next time we're naming names. Unless y'all fucking give me my free month. Well, we're going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we're Byron's naming names. Byron's not trying to shoot him. Byron's not trying to shoot him as wide. Man. No. He's, right. He's not. And neither am I. Now leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> you put niggas on and they don't know how to act. That's why you can't give niggas nothing. You can't give them nothing, man. Not a damn thing. <laughs> oh, shit. The Sixers roster, the Sixers roster, is it a championship trophy-raising 
type of roster. Mm. Let's just start in the backcourt. Let's just start in the backcourt. We have Ben Simmons, who's not really a guard, right? We have Trey Burke. Ron, have you had laid have you laid eyes on Trey Burke yet? Pause. Have you ever been able, have you ever been able to see him in the regular season his contribution to the team I so far? I have not. No, I haven't. You haven't. Dante, have you had have you no, sir. have you been able to take a look at him? Man, I was wondering if he's on the G League. I don't see him playing at all. I don't know what's going on. He's not playing. Yeah, uh, I can't call it, brother. Shake Milton is already out, right? He's already hurt. Yeah, he got hurt. So Raul Nito. Raul Nito has not played a minute yet from, from what I can gather. He's the other guard on the team. So they have Josh Richardson kind of playing point guard with the second team in the second quarter. Is that going to be the thing that comes back to, to bite us in the ass? Because I feel like we can match up against any team in the East. I feel like we can match up very well against the Lakers. It's the Clippers that if that's who we got to go up against, and we can have that conversation because that's the t- that's that's where we're at. It's either NBA Finals or bust. Not necessarily a championship, but getting to the finals or bust. And to me, Brett Brown has to go if that's the case. Matching up against the Clippers with Beverly, with with my man Lou Will, of course, Kawhi. And you know my Clippers is the second. That's my second team. But if it comes to the Sixers, there's no, there's no debate. But Landry Shamet, who we should still have, I don't think we match up against the Clippers well at all. I think we can match up against the Lakers. But what are y'all real thoughts about the projection of the season? What seed will we be in the East? And how far will we go in the playoffs? I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Um, we're going to win the East. We will get to the Eastern Conference Finals. We're going to have a problem with the Milwaukee Bucks. We're going to go to Game 7, and we will see the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard once again in the Finals. But we will be defeated in the Finals. Mm. Period. I, you think that Brett Brown is it? Be, say that. Say that's the scenario. Is it because Brett Brown gets out coached, or is it just a matter of matchup issues? It's a matter of the Clippers are a far better team, and he will be out coached by none other than Doc Glenn Rivers. Mm, full name. Period. Dante. Yeah, I think when anybody can just say Doc Rivers' full name off top, I mean, sheesh. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's yeah. any, any holes in what, what, what Ron just said, honestly. Uh, I, I, I think um, the East, I kind of agree with you. I think they got it locked up. Um, Milwaukee might give them, might, might give them some, some problems, but I think, I, I felt like they could beat them last year, and I feel like this year, I feel like they're a better team. Um, I like that Horford trade a lot, actually, from Do what you? I've seen so okay. far. I like the Richardson um, shit yeah, more he, than anything because what if we didn't have yeah, him? Yeah, we yeah. wouldn't have a point guard in the fucking second quarter. Jesus and, and Christ! I hate, and I hate him. And I hate him as 
point guard. I think I was on two for we record. It's like the games that I saw, I've seen like maybe two. Um, whenever he's kind of running that second unit or just facilitating the offense as a point guard, he he it's it's not a smooth offense yeah. at all. You know, he's he's uncomfortable uncomfortable handling the ball and 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 it shows. So they need to figure that out pretty quickly if they want to be a real contender. But I feel like, you know, defensively, man, they might be the best team in the league, man. They they got the height the, and, and, and everything to go with. I think the the kid, Thibel, Thibel, is it Thibel? The rookie they got. He's um, putting in some solid minutes. He's, yeah, he's putting in some solid minutes and, and, and uh, you know, it looks like he might, he, I think he might be one of the lead, leaders in steals. So, Right now, I mean, it's still early, but it's, it's good to see from a rookie. But you know, to put a, to put a bow on it, though, I, I think everything Ron says is accurate. I'm not so sure I'm going to give the West to the Clippers just yet. Um, mm. I think, I think, I think the Lakers, man, are Lake Show. Yeah, I think. I Don't think disrespect my fucking can't. West Coast team. No, I'm just playing. I mean, listen, man. <laughs> no, as playing. much as much as you. As much as we want to, as much as you want to shit on that man, that, that you're, you're king. You're king. <laughs> did you see game one? You saw what happened game uh, one, did right? It, did, did you see the Did you see the last game he had? I mean, he had like thirty six and twenty oh, and, and like ten rebounds or some shit. He's man. on I mean, HGH. Can't. He's on well, performance enhancement drugs. Well, his, hair, his hair ain't as we saw the last. <laughs> his the last hair game. is. It just failed him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I ain't want to. And I ain't want to talk. But shit, that's crazy. Neither am I. That's why um, I was fucking mad that I did that after the fact. I'm, I'm starting to see the consequences of talking about the king. It's coming back to haunt me. <laughs> oh my god. I'm starting to see but, it um, fade away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, just grow, just grow out the beard a little more. That's oh, all. the beard that's is full. The beard is in full force. I'm, 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 that's first what you got to do. Yo, but, um, but not, but not, But yeah, that's that's my thoughts. I think they can get to the finals, and if they get to the finals, I think Brett Brown sticks around. Because I mean, I don't, I don't think you can fault him if he loses against the Lakers or the Clippers. To be honest, but I hope I hope they make a couple moves to get some shooting off the bench and and play a damn point guard. Off the bench too. They got to figure that out ASAP. Yeah, I think they set themselves up defensively to be a beast, and it it all depends. The thing that is optimistic is the fact that defensively they can guard so many different positions, and they can probably run a lot of people off the three point line. That's going to work in their favor, but I just really think it may come down to Brett Brown, and he has shown. Time and time again, he's not the guy in crunch time. And I think it may come to that. You know, I think Philadelphia will be happy with the finals appearance. I think we match up better against the Lakers. I just think we don't match up as well against the Clippers. And let's let's say here, is, is, is it possible another team in the West can make it to the finals? Or is it really... Up to those two, I know Ron had mentioned earlier that the the Golden State dynasty is over. I mean, are we going to concede to that, or what? Yeah, I mean, without I don't, a doubt, I, yeah, without yeah, a doubt, sure. that's over. That's over. <laughs> if, if, if there's any team, it's over. if there's yeah, it's over. It's not even a question. Um, if there are any teams <laughs> that may be coming out out of the West, 
uh, outside of the two teams that play in the Staples Center, it would be Portland and probably Utah, but I'm not going to sleep on, on Dallas either. I like Dallas. I don't think Dallas is ready this year. But Dallas, if those guys stay healthy, they have mm-hmm. a very formidable lineup. They yeah. have a championship winning coach. Yeah. Absolutely. That, I was talking about Dallas last time we talked about free agency. I'm like, if I was a free agent at that time, I would have took a, a hard look at Dallas. Right. Yeah. So it's definitely not Houston. It's not Houston. We can agree on no, that. No, no, it's not going to be Houston. Nah. What's the surprise team that you all, and we'll move on and wrap it up after this. Give me one surprise team that you've identified that you think can make some noise this year. Mm. I don't know if I'm versed enough to give a surprise team. Um, I think that any team that's going to be a surprise will probably end up coming out of the East. And, and, and that surprise just might be a team that it might be a team from the great North. It might be Toronto. Mm-hmm. It's, it it's, might be Toronto. Would Toronto be a surprise? Because, I mean, they lost Kawhi, clearly. But they still have Siakam, who is only going to get better. They still have... Yeah, but, I think that, I think, but I think that that therein lies the surprise. Because I think that, you know, when you actually watch him play, this guy can do so many things that it right. doesn't look he's, like he should be able to do. He's legit. You know. Pascal yeah, Siakam he, he, is legit. He's for real. He is for real. And so I think that it's safe to – I think it's fair to say that Toronto was a surprise solely from the standpoint that they lost, you know, with their, one of the top three players in the league, maybe right now the the, the top, the, you know, second best player in the league. The best player in they the league. They lost him. Yeah. You know, yeah. And with them losing him, I think that – where Toronto goes this year, obviously, is going to be on the back of Pasquale Siakam. And and most people don't know how good this guy is because we don't get enough. We don't really get to hmm. see them like that. So I think that, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm cool with saying that. Toronto is, is my surprise team. Yeah, I think uh, I had Toronto on my – I would say teams that I'm just kind of interested in. Y'all talked about Dallas, um, Toronto. You know, also they lost was it they lost Danny Green too, so we can't right. overlook that he was a contributor right. to that team. Um, right. So, they're, but they they're still an interesting team. I'm just I'm interested in what New York what the Pelicans do mm. with all the moves that they made in the off season. Um, not so much with Zion, but yeah, I'm curious what Zion does as well. But just they added a lot of different different pieces, pieces in the off season, pieces so and bodies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, got a young talent. I fuck with J.J. Redick. I want to see what he's doing. So they might be a team that might surprise some people. And I think an interesting pick I've seen people talk about is despite OKC basically depleting mm. all of the ma- the big names that we've seen, a lot of people said I've seen people picking them as sleepers to make the sneak into the playoffs, which I'm curious if that, if that can happen. I don't know a lot about. Um, but yeah, veterans. They traded for veterans. Yeah, they traded for veterans that that could happen. Um, but yeah. for, for me, they got that one kid. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but the kid from the Clippers. People, we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Alexander last like something, something Alexander. Um, right. Yeah, he's supposed to be solid. 
But for me, the um, the team that I have heard about and I took a look at is Miami. Everybody's raving about this Tyler Harrow kid, and he's been putting up numbers. You know, Jimmy Butler is going to be the man there. I don't think they have a, a, a chance to compete for a championship, but uh, Justice Winslow is, is kind of been coming into his own. I think Miami, being that they have a championship caliber coach, He's been there before. He's he's indoctrinated and entrenched into the organization. Miami could be as high as a third seed, maybe in in the East. So I'm saying Miami, mm. but we'll see. You know, I think this is our year to get excited about the Sixers. I think that Elton Brand needs to make a move or two to get a little bit more depth on that bench. You know, I would love to snatch one of those cats from Brooklyn because I think Brooklyn, man, if KD comes back healthy, that's going to be a tough team, man, with the kid Levert and um, yeah, he's for real. What's that other kid? They, um, they're not Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, they just signed both of them, so they're not going nowhere. Yeah. But they, 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 they can play. They can ball. So it's going to be interesting. But to me, the Sixers. Rest their laws on Brett Brown. And we will soon see. But wanted to give a quick shout out to the Phillies. Bringing in Joe Girardi. I think that's a huge move. We have a legitimate manager in place. We don't talk about baseball as much, but we have. We want to see some more brothers out there on the field. But um, getting Joe Girardi is definitely the, the move in the right direction. Uh, fuck the Nationals. I don't give a damn that you won the fucking national. I don't give a fuck that you won the World Series. I don't care about none of that. Y'all fucking still stink. Win the Super Bowl, Washington, D.C., and see what it really feels like. That's a secondary championship. Yeah. Just going to say that. It's a lot of of Caps talk, Nationals talk. I even heard a couple people about the Mystics. mystics. They're trying to bring up the Mystics. It's nasty. It's disgusting. (laughs) Get your life right. Mine's is real. (laughs) Mm. Get you a Super Bowl championship. Damn Nationals. I watched every fucking game. I'm so disgusted. (laughs) Rooting for the Astros the whole time. It's fucking disgusting. (laughs) Yo. World Series, the past two out of three years, has been phenomenal. Baseball needs to figure out how to market their sport. Because intense baseball, it really ain't too much that comes close to that. When when it's intense and it's everything on the line, baseball is a phenomenal sport. As well as if you go to the ballpark. Nothing yeah. beats a, a, yeah, a live baseball game at the ballpark on a beautiful day. Nothing beats that. That is that is true. Yeah, there, that there there may not be a sport that rivals being in the ballpark on a on a on an eighty degree summer or spring no. day. No. Yeah. So we're coming for you, Phillies, Joe Girardi. <laughs> we're coming. Maybe. I don't know. But um I also want to say we're gonna do a quick victory lap. You know, I got one. I don't know if y'all got one or not, but I, I watched recently a Shao 
uh, Masai Ujiri. Masai Ujiri, general manager, VP of basketball operations for the Toronto Raptors. And I watched him on The Real Sports with Brian Gumbel. And, man, that brother is more impressive than I ever thought. He played basketball, didn't really make it, and didn't know what he wanted to do, but he knew he had a connection in Africa. He's a native of the continent of Africa, and he knew if he tapped into his network and the people there, he started all these different camps in different countries in Africa and decided that he was going to use that as his end into the NBA. And it took off phenomenally. He has all these different camps. And his first job as VP of basketball operations was with the Denver Nuggets. And he told them, I want the job, but I'm going to need an additional 50000 so I can support the basketball camps that I'm doing in Africa. It's a make or break thing. And Denver tried to kind of be funny about it. And they said, okay, that's where you at? And hung up. And he's like, damn. I might have just messed up my opportunity. Hours later, they called him back and said, you got it. We want you. And he was willing to put his career on the line to support his people in Africa and to make sure they had a place to hone their skills and learn basketball, not only on the court, but the life lessons that come with being involved in sports at a high level. So, Messiah Jerry, phenomenal human being, an inspiration for all of us. Victory lap. You get to stamp, my brother. We appreciate you. Bruh, the funny thing about that is I didn't see the Brian Gumble. Um, I didn't see the Brian Gumble special but I read an article on them in Sports Illustrated, and mm-hmm. that was the exact that was the exact same thing I was going to speak on. So you took it from me, and and, and you held it down. So shout out to him, man. That that's all I got. Victory lap for him. Indeed, no doubt. You got anybody today? I got two quick ones. Um, uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, D'Angelo Williams. Uh, you know, former running back in the NFL. Um, I always kind of thought he was interesting because he was one of the first guys that was, um, you know, advocating for wearing pink, you know, during breast cancer uh, month. So he lost his mother mm. uh, to breast cancer some years ago. So I think it was an article on Black Enterprise. I might have sent it to YouTube a while back. But, um, you know, since, since he's his after career, he, uh, he recently sponsored, like, I think it was like 500 or 600 mammograms for, you know, women that are uninsured in honor of his mom um, that passed away. So, I mean, it was a nice gesture. It was dope. Um, but I think he's also started a couple a foundation or something that kind of advocates for breast cancer awareness. So I thought, you know, I think breast cancer awareness month might've just passed. That's October, yeah, I think, October. not November, but yeah. yeah. So, you know, in the spirit of that, I thought that was a dope, a dope thing to highlight. So salute to, uh, you know, D'Angelo Williams for that. Um, Indeed. The other one, the other one I caught, man, it's kind of funny because we never, we never talk about him in this context. Uh, in fact, you know, he's get, he, he faces a lot of flack for not 
doing anything charitable or anything towards black people, but man, this recently came out. So we got, I'm gonna give a shout out to Michael Jordan, man, mm. who, uh, yeah. he recently, uh, he opened up, um, I think it's either one or two medical clinics in, in West Charlotte. Uh, yep. it was like a $7 million, um, donation that helped, um, create the Novant Health, Novant Health, Michael Jordan Family Medical Clinic. And um, I've never really seen MJ too emotional, but when I was reading this thing, they had a clip of his speech where they had a ribbon cutting, and uh, I seen him shed a couple of tears, man. And I was, I was, I was moved by that. I thought that was that was dope, and it was worth highlighting, you know, for a guy that's made a lot of money in multiple ways through, especially from from support of black people, you know, to see him actually give back. And I didn't see this widely reported neither. Um, but to see him, uh, you know, giving back and creating this healthcare clinic really focused on uninsured people that are that are in a lower income area wow. of Charlotte. You know, I just thought that was worth that was worth highlighting. Nobody yeah. really wants to talk about MJ in a positive light, but you know, I took note of it. So salute to him. Horns for Michael Jordan because I did peep that too, and I'm in that area now. So absolutely, I mean. People like to give him a hard time, but everybody learns, everybody yep. matures, and everybody yep. makes a change. So shout out to Michael Jordan for sure. But um gonna wrap this thing up, man. We're back. Like we left something. And either they don't know, don't show, or don't care about what's going on in the huddle. We're going to see y'all next time. Welcome back. Peace. Rest in peace to John Witherspoon, Witherspoon too, man. Rest bang, in, bang, bang, uh, bang, bang, bang. Rest in peace to John Witherspoon. And this episode is dedicated to Michael Crosby. Rest in peace, Uncle. Coolest dude I Rest know. Rest in peace, Uncle Mick. <laughs>